Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. with the sports animals here on ESPN Honolulu. Gary Dickman here. Chris Hart will be with us in a little bit. And, you know, I know for a Christmas Eve, there's always a Christmas Day and a Christmas Eve. There's New Year's Day and New Year's Eve. We don't really celebrate Thanksgiving Eve the same way, but it is Thanksgiving Eve. The holidays are upon us, and that is a good thing, great time of the year. We've got a lot going on today. We're going to be in the giving mood a little bit later as well. We'll have some football tickets for UH against Colorado State to give out a little bit later. Got some great guests lined up as well, and we will start with three things that you need to know if you weren't aware already. The first thing, uh, we've got a lot of basketball today. Of course, there's always football, of course, but the uh, All-State Maui Invitational, we've got the championship game coming up at 12 noon, and I, I probably like a lot of others, were hopeful for number one versus number two in the country. I'm pretty certain that's never happened uh, in the Maui Invitational over the course of 40 years, but we got a nice consolation prize, number two versus number four. Not a bad thing, but I was expecting Kansas, like a lot of us, to beat Marquette yesterday. Marquette comes in number four in the country. They barely beat UCLA on Monday night, and they look fantastic yesterday, really from start to finish. So the championship game will be number four, Marquette, versus number two, Purdue, and their seven-foot-four center, Zach who had a really good game yesterday, even though he got in a little bit of foul trouble. The uh, third-place game actually will be another great game, and that starts at 9.30 a.m. All the games on uh, we're going to have on radio today, and I'll give you the lineup in just a second. But we've got number one Kansas because of that loss yesterday, but they will get number seven Tennessee. So think of that. Those four teams playing today and the matchups we have, two versus four for the championship. And then, of course, we've got number one versus number seven for the uh, third place game. Really, really great basketball lined up. And we've got the fifth place game and the uh, seventh place game coming up after that. All the coverage for the games today will be on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. And again, four basketball games lined up. It's going to be fantastic. And uh, can't wait for that. Great crowd yesterday. So we'll get more into the uh, semifinals from yesterday as we continue throughout the show. And if you were at the game, I'd love to hear your thoughts on everything involving the All-State Maui Invitational and, of course, UH basketball, which we'll get into in a second. The second thing I believe we need to know, and I'm going to get more in-depth in this a little bit later, is the college football playoff ranking. I'm not very surprised, but I am a little bothered that Washington is number four, even though I said last week I think they're a better team than Florida State. I think the resume of beating 
three top 25 teams where Florida State had only beaten one, and that was LSU in week one, was part of the reason why. Yesterday, though, as they do every Tuesday from late October, I think it started on Halloween, the new rankings come out. We've only got a few more left now, and Washington is for Florida State five. The reason I'm a little bothered by that is I believe more so that Florida State dropped because they don't have their great quarterback, Jordan Travis. He had a leg injury last Saturday. His season is done. His college career is done. And uh, still, they are deserving of that. And that's a debate that we'll get more uh, into a little bit. But I don't like the fact that when I see basketball and football projections for playoffs and tournaments, the NCAA committees apparently will take into account how the team will look without their injured players. And I've seen it over the years in basketball and football. It shouldn't be based on that should be based on what you did before this, the body of work, what you earned. And Florida State, I don't know why they dropped to number five. Now, they had a win last week, and it was actually a comeback win. I believe it was either North or South Alabama. And Washington went into Oregon State and had a more impressive win. Okay, I get that. But again, I think the committee did not want to have Florida State in the playoff. They have Florida this week the rivalry game, and then they'll have the ACC championship game. If they remain undefeated, you would think they've got a good chance to be in the playoffs. Committee, I think, is looking at the fact that without their quarterback, Jordan Travis, they won't look as good in the playoffs, and they're trying to avoid blowouts. It's also a good way to get another team in that is probably deserving. So we'll get more into that throughout the morning as well. Third thing you need to know, and it was late last night, where Hawaii, the men's basketball team, they defeat Northern Arizona, the Lumberjacks, 70-61 to in that game. That was scheduled to start at 8.30, ended up starting about 8.45 or so. Still a late start, which was kind of indicative of the crowd, about 1,559 actually in the turnstile. And it was an unusual night of basketball, to me at least, for several reasons. Uh, one, because of the uh, All-State Maui Invitational, Josh and I, who host uh, Rainbow Warrior countdown for the beginning of the game, the pregame show, had to do the show in the studios here, which is fine, uh, because we couldn't get the setup in the concourse and everything else involving the uh, All-State Maui Invitational. So we come here to do the show, and then if you were listening, you might have heard this, but we had a little bit of a hard time, a little bit of technical difficulties hooking up with Bobby, so we got to them and to the first media timeout. It wasn't long before we got to them, and I was in the studio, and I figured, well, as long as you know we got the game starting, I might as well do play-by-play, and I wish I had been a little bit more prepared. Of course, we didn't know that was going to happen. Also, the fact that my angle on the TV uh I didn't want to stretch and pull out a wire or a cord or my headset, so I sat to the side of the TV and didn't get the full view that I probably could have or should have. So Hawaii has that early lead is my point there, and at one point, as soon as I got in my car to go back to the Stan Sheriff Center, it's 16 to 8. Hawaii looks to be in complete control. I get to the Stan Sheriff Center, make my way to the seat, my seat, and I see Northern Arizona is leading now 25 to 21. And I, I thought, I had to rub my eyes. I thought I was seeing things. I didn't know how they came back. Well, a 9-0 run is part of the way that they came back last night. And at halftime, Hawaii did extend the lead to six, 35-29, where Jovan McClanahan, and I got to do a list on how many times he has done this, a half-court 
or right around half court buzzer beater. And it wasn't a half court shot last night. It was a three pointer. But he has done that from last Christmas with the SMU win in the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic to last night. And I don't know if it's two, three, four, maybe even five times he has done that in between as far as hitting shots, mostly before halftime. The game winning buzzer beater was the SMU one, but he's done that so many times. And I think it gave Hawaii a little bit of confidence and momentum because Northern Arizona was back in the game. And it was still a slim lead at 35-29, but Hawaii persevered as Northern Arizona wouldn't quit. I mean, they were calling timeouts with a minute left, 30 seconds left, down by 8, 9, 10. And the coach does that to work on certain uh, certain skill set, uh, uh, play sets or setups with 30 seconds left. What are you going to do in a future game when it will be critical? When people ask, why do coaches call timeout and the game is out of reach? That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to, you know replicate a, a real live situation in a game that they could use later on, even though that night, like last night for Northern Arizona, the game was out of reach. They didn't think they were coming back in that game, but they put up a pretty good effort. I mean, you got to give them a little credit because we look over their numbers before the game, two and three record, not a very good shooting team, not a very good free throw shooting team. They were 57% from the line coming in. Last night, they were just uh, 50%. 9 of 18. But they actually outshot Hawaii, 41.8. So let's round it off to 42% to 39%. It wasn't the prettiest of wins for Hawaii last night, but I was happy with the several parts of the game that I think really stood out, where we have talked early this season about Justin McCoy, the transfer from North Carolina, and what an impact player he has been so far. You know, the St. Mary's game in the first two games. He had a little bit of a slow night, even though he shot really well, 5 of 11 and had 11 points and 7 rebounds. Maybe we're a little spoiled thinking he's going to give us 15 to 20 and hit a few threes where he was 0 for 4 last night. And I don't want to say he necessarily struggled. It wasn't really that. It was just that he didn't have the dominating performance that he has had. But in a way, it was okay because we've seen other guys step up. And one of the guys who stepped up for the first time as a Rainbow Warrior to many of us was Matthew Cotton, another transfer from Yale. First game against Hilo, didn't score. Against Niagara last week, he had two driving baseline layups uh, over a three-possession frame in the first half, had his four points. Last night, he became a real offensive force with 10 points, two three-pointers in there, had three rebounds as well. And he just looked like a really good outside shooter last night with those threes he was hitting, kind of aggressive. And we saw that he can be an offensive threat just like a lot of other players on this team, because you're not going to have everybody like a Justin McCoy a little bit quiet or Noel Coleman, who had a maybe quiet eight point, and he did not have a good shooting night. He had a, quite a few shots that were in and out, you know, rimmed out. It was so close that you thought they were going to drop. He ended up with two for 12 shooting, 0 for 4 and 3. He was perfect at the free throw line with four points. But I like that, again, with this team. You don't want to see anybody struggle. But I like about this team is that other guys can step up, and you're not relying on just one or two guys. Remember two years ago when Hawaii was doing really well in the Big West, Noel Coleman had that, I think it was a fractured eye socket. I believe it happened against UC Davis in early or mid-February. And he was kind of never the same the rest of the year. And you didn't really have another go-to scorer, so to speak. You had Kamaka Hepa, and you had others, but none of those guys could really kind of take over a game the way Noel Coleman had done previously. So he had a, uh, again, a really good game against Niagara with 15 first-half points, 21 overall. But you've got other guys that can get the job done. 
And I mentioned Justin McCoy. I haven't even mentioned Bernardo da Silva, who I thought had a pretty good game last night as well. He did have a 8.7 rebounds, a couple of uh, one assist, a couple of steals as well. Didn't shoot the ball a lot. In fact, he only played 17 minutes. He got in foul trouble. Uh, ended up with four. But other guys can get the job done, like Jovan McClanahan. I mentioned his half-court shot, uh, the three-pointer before halftime last night. He had five assists. One thing I have noticed with Jovan, and I'm not trying to be critical with him, because I love the guy, think he's a great player, is that he's turned the ball over now in the last couple of games kind of a little bit more than you'd want. He had five turnovers last night, and I believe he had five versus Niagara. Still, though, I thought he had a pretty steady game and was taking control and really was aggressive offensively. A more sec last night, uh, if you were either listening to the game or at the arena, had that dunk late in the second half. And I love that about him because we know how strong he is. We know that he's got a kind of like a raw talent being fairly new to the game. And last night he got pretty strong and aggressive, especially in that second half. He had the ball down low. Uh, it didn't have to make a move. He just basically dunked over the Northern Arizona player, and the crowd erupted. And then it was a possession or two later, and this I loved even more, where he blocked a shot. He got credited for two blocks, although it seemed like he had more. He blocks a shot, and for the guard, I believe it was Jaden Jackson of Northern Arizona, number three, who got basically thrown to the floor. No foul because it wasn't a foul. It was just that Morsek blocked that shot with so much strength and power and energy that he had a little nasty in him last night. And again, it shouldn't have been a foul. The player on the ground was kind of shaking his head, Jaden Jackson, not really complaining for a foul. He just knew that he just got he just got taken uh, by Morissette. And that's what you want to see from your seven-footers. You want to see them become really aggressive and use their strength, something Bernardo da Silva seemed like he has done a little bit more early this, early this season than maybe uh, last season when he was maybe a little bit had a little tentative aspect to his game here and there. So it was really good to see that last night. They are on the road. They will continue this November stretch where they actually play last night, of course, and they'll have Friday and Saturday in this Palm Springs tournament. And they'll play UT Rio Grande Valley to, uh, Friday, and that will be a 3 p.m. start. We'll have the coverage, of course, on ESPN Honolulu. 808-296-1420 if you want to call or text. And I'll get this text in before we go to break. It said, I love these texts especially, when it says, Gary is absolutely right about college football committee ranking. Should be on accomplishment, not taking to an account key injuries. Don't they remember Ohio State winning a national championship with a third-string quarterback? And that was Car uh, Car Cardell, Cardell Jones, I believe. I believe it was the quarterback who came in that year and did that. And, yeah, I've always been bothered by that. You're, you're punishing these players because of an injured player. The rest of the team has to suffer in certain circumstances. I remember one in college basketball where Cincinnati one year was having a great, great year. Kenyon Martin, their All-American player, got hurt in, I believe it was the Conference USA tournament back then for them. And they were, like, number one or two in the country, and they dropped to, like, a two or three seed only because of the injury. Now, they weren't going to be as good of a team without him, but you're punishing the team for their body of work and what they accomplished. Never did like that. We're going to switch gears, and when we return, we have our first guest today. We have Ryan Kalei Suji from Spectrum Sports. He's going to talk Rainbow Wahine Volleyball and also some NIL information that we talked a little bit about yesterday. That is all ahead with the Sports Animals on Thanksgiving Eve, ESPN Honolulu. Yeah. 
Gary Dickman here, the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. We are in the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu. We've got so many sporting events going on this week. Uh, it's one of the better sports weeks of the year, and there are many. One of them is Rainbow Wahimi Volleyball. They get ready for the Big West Tournament, the team in Long Beach right now. They'll play on Friday. And joining us now to talk volleyball and more from Spectrum Sports, Ryan Clay Suji. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us today. Good to talk to you again. No problem. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Uh, good morning. We have a lot to get into, and we'll start with the volleyball part. And I, I, I didn't mention this at the top of the show. I guess I'm not surprised where the All-Big West teams came out, and we saw that Amber IGD four-time All-Big West first team. No surprise there. I was a little surprised that she was not the player of the year, that Kate Lang was not on the first team as well. Yeah, you know, I, I think it would – obviously, I think that there are a lot of people who – all think that Amber IGD, no doubt, should be the Big West Player of the Year. But I think when you look at Hawaii as a team as a whole, like coming into this last weekend, uh, you know, in fourth place, but then ultimately ending the season at second uh, with four conference losses, it's hard not to have a, a Player of the Year, uh, you know, the person being named Player of the Year come from the team that won the conference and has the best record. And so I think it's more overall of just how that optics looks. And I agree with Kate Lang. I mean, I don't know how you are named the eight-time setter of the week in the conference, and you don't get conference setter of the year. Uh, she no doubt has dominated that award uh, week in and week out and uh, gets put on the second team. And, uh, you know, the Long Beach State setter gets the first team nod. Uh, all that to say, you know, I, I know that some of these awards don't mean a lot to the players, but sometimes you have to scratch your head when these announcements are made. Yeah, definitely. And I guess the big reward and the big prize will hopefully be on Saturday winning a Big West championship, and we'll hopefully see that happen if two wins take place this week. I want to go back to last week just for a second. When you were watching the Long Beach State game, and they're down 16-5, I believe, in the first set, then go on that 11-0 run, or actually before the 11-0 run, what were your thoughts about what was taking place? And when you saw them turn it around, how did they accomplish that? Well, I think we've seen that with this team. Unfortunately, at times they can be somewhat inconsistent, and they have been having this reputation of a slow start that they have yet to really address. I think the po on the positive note is just to see how they've responded and how they were able to come back. One of the other elements that I think we are seeing as the season has evolved is just how fluid their lineup is. And so we saw the insertion of Caitlin Alexander as part of that run, who had a fantastic night. Uh, against Long Beach and really helped to spark that comeback charge. Uh, but, you know, she has been in and out of that starting lineup throughout the season, and I think that uh, we'll continue to see this uh, into the postseason. Uh, Robin's going to have to just kind of see who's playing well, what uh, pieces are working well together, where in years past we've kind of always seen these starting six or seven players. We're really seeing that changing uh, throughout the matches as, as and even sets. To be, uh, you know, to be, to be frank, Ryan Clay Suji from Spectrum Sports joining us on ESPN Honolulu ninety two point seven FM and fourteen twenty AM. I want to go ahead to the brackets now. Coming up, the quarterfinals will take place today. Hawaii getting that number two seed, so they get the bye. I thought that actually it kind of worked out well. Not only getting the bye, of course, which is important, but they avoid Long Beach State and or Santa Barbara until the championship match. Yeah, it's, it's hard to believe. Had they lost you know, a match, they'd be at four, and then they shoot up to number two. And I agree. I think it's a great, uh, a great location for them. Uh, it's good that should it all pan out the way that uh, it's projected to and penciled out, that Long Beach State and Santa Barbara matchup 
uh, will be a battle, and it will be you know at the pyramid. I think the pyramid, the Wahine have that opportunity. Of course, it, they would see likely Cal Poly on their end, who uh, you know is, is the next uh, seeded team behind them. And I think for that case, I mean, when you look at their record overall against Cal Poly, of course, Hawaii winning on the load, uh, road, losing in five here at home against the Mustangs. It, it's still going to be a test for the Wahine, uh, but I think all, all Wahine volleyball fans are glad that this is the first year that the Wahine have a postseason conference in the Big West. And uh, if it hadn't been for this tournament, I don't know that the Wahine would make it into the NCAA tournament. So it provides an opportunity for fans also to travel to this tournament, uh, to the Big West Conference Championship and, and cheer on the Bulls and a chance to keep their postseason uh, hopes alive. Yeah, good timing on their part, the Big West, that, that is, to have this tournament right now. I want to talk big picture for a second, then I want to talk some NIL. Uh, when you look at this program, 29 consecutive years in the NCAA tournament, that is a lot. You've been around this team and this program for a very, very long time. You've seen it all. How should we, the fans, I should say, how, do the fans, how should the fans feel if somehow it is not 30 consecutive years? I still think this is a very good team. They've accomplished a lot. But how do you think everybody should feel if that were to take place? You know, I think no doubt it is a letdown for many fans. I mean, it's it's a high expectation to place when you just look at the overall history of the team. Uh, but I think we also have to come to the reality that women's volleyball is very different than it is now than it was back in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s when Hawaii was dominating and was, you know, one of the top five teams in the country. And a lot of that is due to the changing landscape of where some of these top players are going. Uh, they're going to these power conferences. They're getting pulled away to schools that in the past, have not been volleyball powerhouses, uh, but yet are being pulled into different directions. And so Hawaii finds himself, like many other sports in, in our landscape, of having to try to recruit some of the best players but going up against conferences with bigger money. And so I think while it is uh, no doubt a tradition and a program that many Hawaii volleyball fans have obviously fallen in love with and have seen success over the years, uh, the reality is that it is getting much difficult for Hawaii to stay competitive in this changing landscape. Well, hopefully they'll take care of business, and it will be number 30 come Saturday. I want to switch gears just for a second. We had Keith Amamiya on our show yesterday, and he was talking about the Downtown Athletic Club and their NIL program helping football and volleyball players right now. It sounds terrific. And then we also hear about RKT Media. It took us a while to figure out what that stood for. It Keith let us know, but can you tell us a little bit about your involvement and what RKT Media is? is all about well i mean it's my initial so that's <laughs> rkt media's Suji. um and uh you know rkt athletes is actually a branch of rkt media the it's a media company that i've been running for the past eight years uh we started rkt athletes when nil was approved about a few years back and we represent university of hawaii student athletes mainly uh with my connection to the business community and the media that i create for various companies around town uh, I thought that it was a great fold with that, as well as my connection with the University of Hawaii, to help uh, provide op opportunities for student-athletes at the University of Hawaii to connect with some of our local businesses. So we have been um, doing our part to help connect uh, our athletes with different companies and organizations here in town and um, you know, connecting with Keith and the folks out at the downtown uh, Athletic Club of Honolulu just really helped. Uh, it was, just seemed like a good fit. And so we are, yeah, supporting 36 athletes right now uh, and their efforts to really provide support during this time where uh, I think the University of Hawaii has got to find ways to continue to support and, and really 
embrace NIL as it continues to change the landscape throughout the country. Yeah, from what we're seeing, again, your group has secured a two-year commitment of $500,000 in pledges from donors right now, and that's a great way to start this, of course. How does it work as far as getting the players directly involved with the NILs? I mean, do they have to apply? Do they have to inquire? Do you reach out to them? How does that part of the process work? Yeah, it's a twofold thing. I mean, we have specific athletes that we represent at RKT Athletes who um, are a bit more marketable, and, and companies will approach us to see uh, spe- to seek out specific athletes that they want to work with. And so we work with our clients to try to find who that is and what sport they want to support. Uh, and then there are other causes where you know the the companies also will specifically have a group of athletes that they want to support or a group of team. We do have a few athletes that will come to us and ask us for their help. And really for us, it's about what we can manage because uh, as you can imagine, there aren't a lot of um, big money here in Hawaii. Obviously we're close to the community and uh, if everyone's trying to get a piece of the pie here. And so we're trying our best to help as many athletes as we can, um, you know, be it through the way that the companies reach out to us or if the student athlete reaches out to us directly. In your opinion, Ryan, because we hear things that oh, Hawaii can't compete with these mainland schools as far as NIL, and I think that's kind of a wrong statement or incorrect or inaccurate, I should say, because if you're comparing us with the Power 5 schools, well, of course, no group of five is really going to be able to compete on that level. But from what you have seen, do you think Hawaii is right now competitive with, let's say, Big West and Mountain West schools? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I would say that, you know, Hawaii is one of the better schools. I mean, I don't think that, that the type of money that's coming out there to, you know, other, some of these other schools in the Big West, especially, uh, are supporting uh, the NIL dollars that, you know, the, the local fan base here in Hawaii are, are doing for many of our student athletes. Uh, and so I think that it shows a commitment by many of these companies who have a longstanding tradition of supporting UH athletics. Um, and I think the bigger challenge right now is, for the athletic department, trying to find that balance between their corporate sponsorship and money that they get from, you know, downtown Honolulu pockets and uh, now finding themselves having to compete against the athletes themselves because some of these larger banks and organizations want to give money directly to the athletes themselves. And so it's uh, really trying to find that balance between how do we support the student athletes, but how do we overall continue to support the bottom line of UH Athletics and the money that they also need to be able to stay competitive. Well, it's a great thing that you and your company are doing, Keith Amami and the Downtown Athletic Club as well. We thank you for that, and we thank you for sharing your insight on Rainbow Wahine Volleyball. We'll continue to follow you, of course, at Spectrum Sports, and let's hope for two wins this week. It should be fun. Thanks so much, Ryan. Thank you. Aloha. All right. Aloha. Thank you so much. Ryan Kaleitsuji joining us here on ESPN Honolulu, talking volleyball and, of course, RKT Media and how they are helping out in NILs. We're going to continue talking, in fact, Wahine Sports. We're going to have Wahine Basketball next up as Laurie Santi, also from Spectrum Sports. You hear her sometimes here uh, on Let's Talk Sports with Kanoa Leahy as well. She'll be joining us next, and we'll talk some uh, basketball. I want to let you know that you can upgrade your island style with Kahala. It's the original Aloha shirt since 1936. Pick up one for yourself at one of Kahala's six stores, island-wide or at kahala.com. I got myself a few, and they are fantastic. I get compliments every single time I wear them. You will as well. Check it out at kahala.com.
Happy Thanksgiving Eve from the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Gary Dickman here. Liz in our uh, studio right next door. Chris Hart will be with us a little bit later. We're going to continue talking Rainbow Wahine sports. We're going to switch to basketball. And our next guest joining us on ESPN Honolulu, I'm not sure, but I have a feeling she might be wearing her Victor Wembanyama jersey because she's a big Spurs fan. Lori Santi joins us. Hi, Lori. How's it going? (laughs) I have to say he is. He had, you know, that does soften the, the, the hate for the Spurs a little bit because, wow, what a talent. I'm good. What's okay. going on? Lots going on down there, Gary. What a week. What a couple weeks. I know. It's great. I wish every week was like this or every month was like this. I wish they could kind of spread things out so we could go to see more events because some of them overlap each other. And this week is obviously a perfect example of that. And uh, your thoughts on Rainbow Wahine basketball. I, was, I don't know if I was surprised. I didn't know enough about Idaho last week, but... 40 points, and the shooting for Hawaii wasn't really that good. They actually outshot Idaho 27% to 25%. What were your overall takeaways from that game on Sunday? Yeah, pretty abysmal, especially in the first half offensively. And the interesting part is this is a team this year that has, in Brooklyn Rewers, the transfer from Michigan State, you know, probably one of the biggest, biggest, and maybe best posts in the Big West for sure, and um, had established herself, you know, early on in the first three games, you know, scoring double figures. So she struggled in that first half. But, like, she's she's just kind of getting used to this offense. And Hawaii hasn't had that type of presence inside. So I think there's a little bit of time that's going to be needed to gel in terms of, you know, you saw a lot of passes not, not being made inside, a little bit of, of you know, not – they were a little hindered, right, Gary? They didn't seem to, to get her into spots they really needed her in, and they just struggled shooting. So – I'm super excited. I think it's the most talented team that Beeman's had in her 12 years here. But uh, in typical Beeman fashion, that preseason comp- or non-conference schedule, you know, that's not usually when they're at their best. Right. And last year, I believe they started off 1-7. and seven. I know people were thinking, would they be able to repeat in the Big West? And we know how that turned out. So hopefully it'll be a three-peat. So I, I don't think fans should be that con- overly concerned with this start right now, even though it's been a little bit slower. Because the Big West time, you know they're the favorite and they're the hunted team because everybody knows how good they are with all the talent coming back and some of the new players, as you said. Yeah, and they just got better. You know, I mean, that's they returned most of their players. They lost, of course, Callum Spiller and and but you get Olivia Davies back this season and it seems like she's been there a long time. Not as long as some of these players, yeah. not as long as Juan Munoz, but Juan Munoz will now be the bar for how long have you been in a program, I think. But Davies, of course, a talent and um, now will help their backcourt and you know, Lily Wahina Kapu, first team all conference. She's you know, she it's gonna be a really, really good team. Deja Phillips, of course, basically winning the big West on her shot against Santa Barbara in the championship game of the tournament last year. So, you know, Melani McBee looks great. It's just going to be a matter of working some of the kinks out. They, they played well, Gary, on Friday against University of San Francisco. That's yeah, the best they've looked. Right, that was a 14-point win. They did look good there. What what have you heard, if anything, you can disclose about the injured players who haven't played Jackie David and Jovi Lafoto? Well, you know, it's funny. They're, they're sort of twins these days. All their rehab sort of comes together. They hurt their knees, both of them, around the same time um, – end of January, right around that Santa Barbara game, of course, for Jovi Lefocci. They're about nine months out, so now it's a matter of, you know, trainers and doctors deciding how far along they look. They look pretty good. They're not in contact drills. Um, you know, they're shooting drills. I think I think Jovi, I think Jovi's really hungry to get out there. I, I'd love to see him wait till January, honestly, Gary, but I, you know, I don't really know what the plan is, but I do know that they're up and around and doing some stairs and 
in in the drills that are not contact. So that's a that's a that's really good news for the Mohine. Laurie Santi from Spectrum Sports joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. Let's look ahead for this upcoming weekend. They've got the Rainbow Wahine Showdown, and you've got Air Force on Friday at 2.30. Saturday, it'll be Idaho State at 2.30, and then Sunday, Washington at 5 p.m. Talk about the opponents coming in. Yeah, Air Force coming in at 3-1, you know, pretty, pretty disciplined team. They're getting off to a pretty good start. Um, Idaho State, another big sky team. Don't expect them to be as strong. Um, you know, that hasn't really been their history. And then UW, I mean, that's whatever. You hope you're not looking ahead, but that's the exciting exciting game. Tina Langley's there. Turned that program around a little bit. They had 19 wins um, last season. They, you know, that's a lot for them. They were eighth in the conference, I think, in the pack. But they are uh, their force. They're huge, Gary. There's big, big, big girls out there. So that's going to be, you know, that's a game that you hope that you – you know, have fun sort of getting better, and maybe you pull something out. The first two games are definitely winnable. Air Force on Friday, Idaho State on Saturday. And I think, you know, for Beeman, just making sure that they are competitive in that first half has to be a goal for her. Um, in the third quarter the other night, they, you know, were within five, and it got a little dicey officiating-wise, uh, dare I say, and it just kind of slowed everything down in that fourth and that run, that potential to – to win that kind of went away. So they got to put four quarters together. You're around these players a lot more than most people. I, I, I sometimes think and are, am curious about, I don't think they're complacent, but the fact that they won back-to-back Big West championships, is that something that Laura Beeman has to address or notice about the team if they're maybe thinking, okay, we're back-to-back champs, we can wait till February and March? I don't think that's an issue, but what are your thoughts on that? No, I don't think so. I think that, you know, I think that feeling of and sort of the way they've won those in the, you know, down 15 last year, I think that's a feeling that stays with you and will always motivate you. I think it's more of a frustration at how they're playing. Not really, you know what I mean? That's what your expectations sure. are a little high. That's how I feel. And they get a little bit frustrated. They do have a lot of bodies kind of coming in and out. She's always done that. So, you know, beaming coaches to the tournament. That's, you know, she's learned how to master that, right, Gary? Because the at-large bursts don't come a lot from this league. So they, they really sort of gear towards the tournament. There's not a lot of panic. Uh, they do a lot of individual work. But, yeah, I think, I think they are more disappointed when they take a loss like that than maybe they were in past years because the expectations. I don't think they're complacent. I think they, that was such a great ride the last two years, Gary. I think they're really excited to try to, you know, have that feeling again. Do you hear much about NILs in women's basketball, especially for Big West schools, including Hawaii, of yeah, course? Yeah, a little bit here. Hawaii's got a, you know, they've got a little bit going on with some local businesses here for the girls. I'm not sure. Uh, I haven't really heard much about um, maybe UC Irvine a little bit, just sort of given their geography has a little bit of, of that going on, but not not a ton, you know, not a ton. I think what's, what's, you know, really still the most, the biggest effect is the transfer portal, not so much the lure of NIL money in any particular place, you know. In, in, but they are slowly, like like Brian was saying, you know, they're slowly starting to really, you know, start to try to put that those kinds of money together. And it really depends on the sport. Like I think with Ryan, volleyball is going to have a little bit more ease in doing that, you know. It's just it's hard to compete with that money. You know, your, your lure has to be different here in, as a recruiter. Maybe then, uh, I mean, you're going to have some, and, and any little thing helps, right, Gary? Right. Sometimes the kids just want to know that they have something. It's not about, hey, I got this big, you know, it's just it's just something, just sort of that care of, hey, you know, I'm, I'm 
I am, I'm competing in this NIL thing. I'm getting a little money. I think that's what people need to remember. It doesn't have to be some big, large chunk of money, just something that makes them feel like they're in the game with NIL, right? One player might disagree with that, not for Hawaii, but Angel Reese of LSU. I just want to, you know, I know I'm switching a little bit, but I'm going to get your thoughts on that situation. She hasn't played, I think, in two and a half games now. She stayed at LSU because the NIL money was more than the WNBA could pay her. Uh, they're not saying Kim Mulkey, the LSU coach, is not saying much about the situation. We understand it's probably not academically related, but what do you see in that situation? Yeah, I, you know, that's pretty complicated. I'm not. You know, I guess on the record, I'm not a big Kim Mulkey fan. Didn't love her handling of Brittany Griner, even as Griner was a player when Mulkey was at Baylor. Um, so she sort of acts like she's protecting Angel Reese. I thought that that got a little out of hand in terms of what happened at the end in their national championship last year. Just in terms of some of the stuff that went on with the media, you know, you felt like maybe there was a little bit of, you know, pullback that might have been able to happen to sort of protect the kids from maybe things that, like this, you know, because nobody really knows what the deal is. But uh, Mulkey's now acting like she's protecting her. There are other, other schools of thought that Mulkey's, or that Mulkey's you know, not, not the greatest gal in the world. It doesn't, you know, I don't know. So there's a lot, a lot of different stuff out there. I did hear the academic part at the beginning when she was suspended. Um, mm. I don't know. I, I've dug kind of deep. So I'm guessing that she, you know, Probably pissed Kim Mulkey off in some way or another, but um, they're not going to lose games with her sitting down if there's an option to play her. So I think when it push comes to shove, I would assume that we will see Angel Reese again. But I'm not shocked, you know, yeah. that 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 sort of blew up. I thought it got a little little crazy, you know, in terms of what sort of went on with the media and with the kids. You know, I think the kids, the, the money's great. Don't get me wrong, I'm all about that. But I do think there has to be some continued sort of sense of discipline, you know, and caring and trying to, in guidance with young athletes. Um, and maybe especially now, you know, not pitting them down, but just making sure they're doing their stuff, getting to class, being good teammates, all those things. And, and uh, I don't know if it has something to do with that, you know. Yeah, it was a, still is an interesting situation. It'll continue to develop, I'm sure. But Rainbow Ahini basketball, as we said, we've got the big tournament coming up. It'll be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2.30 p.m. on Friday and Saturday, kind of a basketball-football doubleheader. Uh, Air Force, Idaho, Friday, Saturday, then Washington, 5 o'clock on Sunday. Should be a good one. Laurie, great having you on the show. Hopefully we can do it again throughout the basketball season. Yeah, thanks, Jerry. You guys have a good rest of your day, and we hope to see you at the arena. Okay, happy Thanksgiving, Laurie. You too. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. That was Laurie Santi from Spectrum Sports joining us here in ESPN Honolulu. Of course, we've got coverage of all three games this week, and it's going to be crazy because we've got Rainbow Wahine basketball. We've got Rainbow Wahine volleyball at least on Friday, hopefully on Saturday. The men bas the men's basketball team, the Rainbow Warriors, playing UT Rio Grande Valley uh, on Friday. That'll be a 3 o'clock start. We've got high school football championships. All of our lineups are at ESPNHonolulu.com between ESPN Honolulu and CBS 1500 if you want to see which game is where. We'll keep you uh, alerted to that as well. But a lot of great sporting events coming up. It is one of those definitely 
fun weeks. We are thankful this time of year for that we that we get to witness and uh, participate as fans in these great sporting events because there's a lot of good stuff going on. There's also a new place to catch your favorite NFL games. It's the Lookout Food and Drink at Waikai in Eva Beach. The doors open early on Sundays at 6.30 a.m. You can enjoy happy hour prices on poo-poo and drinks from 4 to 6 during Monday and Thursday night football as well. If your team is losing, well, and I'm used to that as a Jets fan, at least you can enjoy the breeze, the Ocean View Beach setting. It is fantastic at the lookout at Waikai in Eva Beach. We are back to Sports Animals here on ESPN Honolulu. Gary Dickman here. And if you would like to call or text, and we'll get to some texts in just a second, 808-296-1420. And uh, we got an hour left, in the, a little over an hour left in the show in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll do it fairly early in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll have a pair of tickets for the University of Hawaii football against Colorado State this Saturday, the season finale. So I know they're going to be a hot ticket, and we'll give out a pair a little bit later in the show. Also, Mark Van will join us about 8.20 talking UH football as well. I got some text here at the Zephyr Insurance text line I want to get to. I was talking to Laurie Santi, and if you're not familiar without getting too in-depth with the last question or topic, uh, Angel Reese was the star player on LSU women's basketball. They won the national championship last year. Uh, she said she was staying in, uh, in college because the NIL money was better which is something you didn't really anticipate when this started a few years ago, but can't blame her, and the money is better for players like her. And she has not played the last two and a half games. The coach there at LSU, Kim Mulkey, is kind of tight-lipped about it and seems like she's a little uh, testy when people have been asking about her Angel Reese, that is, at press conferences. So a texter says, Angel Reese is in, is greedy, in capital letters. That's why she ain't playing. She knows that NIL money now is more than she can make in the WNBA, so this is her money grab. NIL will ruin college athletics. Before I talk about that comment uh, specifically, I don't know if this is a greed on her part. I mean, what is she doing or showing her greed by not playing? Uh, I don't know if it's a bad attitude. It sounds like it's something along those lines, but I don't know enough about this to realize what it might be. We hear, again, the report saying it's not academically related. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. As far as NIL's ruining college athletics, I don't know if they're going to ruin it, but they put a dent in it. And in a way, they kind of are. They're positive with the NIL, not only from the athlete side because they're getting paid, and I think rightfully so, but I think it keeps a lot of athletes like Angel Reese or others in college longer. You can't blame the one-and-dones for leaving after a year. Zion Williamson, the others who are great freshmen and leave after year one. But now when you get players getting money like a Drew Timmy at Gonzaga State for his senior year. Oscar Shibway uh, for Kentucky was a player of the year two years ago. He stayed last season for his senior year. I think the NIL will keep college athletes in college a little bit longer. And to me, that's a good thing for the sport, at least. Uh, again, it's not maybe the way we wanted it or anticipated it, but I think it's good that we get these players for more than a year, selfishly. And maybe for the teams also, it's better for them to have a player uh, stay more than one year. Instead of turning over a team every single year or two, you get these players staying a little bit longer. So I think that's a good thing. We're going to take a break. We'll get you caught up with traffic. It seems like it's light out there. And we've got football tickets and more to go over, give out and go over a lot of different sports events coming up with the sports animals on ESPN Honolulu 92.7 FM and 1420 AM.
day better late than never how's it going happy kahala wednesday feels like an aloha friday or a kahala friday uh saw you last night gary uh wearing your kahala aloha wear looking fine I get compliments every single time. My wife, even my roommate, the people I live with were complimenting. Wow, that shirt. They never compliment my shirt until the Kahala you, ones. I'm serious. You have roommates? Yes. We share a big, big room. The dogs, us, you know. All right. Uh, let's stop with the uh, stories we're following. Of course, Rainbow Warrior basketball, uh, late game last night. Uh, they go to 3-0, and a win over Northern Arizona. And, hey, that was a pretty chippy team we played last night. They weren't supposed to be that chippy. When Hawaii had the early lead, 16-8, I thought they were going to run away with the game. And I get to the arena after starting off here at the studio, and then they're down 25-21. That was very surprising. But you're right, Northern Arizona did play hard. They did not quit. And they had a couple of talented players, and they actually outshot Hawaii in that game, which is hard to believe, but that says more about Hawaii and some of their struggles last night. All right, we'll get more into that coming up. Uh, small kind, almost skin-on-skin last night at the All-State Maui Invitational. Marquette upsets the number one team in the country and uh, they're like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Whenever they uh, start losing, they get a little lippy. But <laughs> but anyway, that was surprising to see uh, Shaka Smart and Bill Self getting into it, but uh, really good um, uh, tournament so far. So today's schedule will feature um, Marquette and Purdue in the championship game at 12 noon today. I mean, number two versus number four. It's not one versus two like we almost had, but Kansas loses, but still a great matchup. Even the third-place game at 9.30 and all the action here in ESPN Honolulu. Third-place game, you got number one Kansas and number seven Tennessee. Going to be a great doubleheader now. The uh, brouhaha that you were alluding to, I guess uh, Shaka Smart was at Texas, and the player for Kansas, McCullers, he was at Texas Tech. They've got a history. He makes a shot, and he said something to the Marquette bench, Shaka Smart did not like it, and it was even the assistant coach for Kansas, Norm Roberts, who was going off on them. Uh, Dave Reardon told me later on last night that when they had the press conference after the game, Bill Self, the Kansas coach, said when asked about that confrontation, whatever Shaka Smart said, he just exaggerated. He didn't tell the truth. So I'm not oh, sure wow. if that was in jest or not, but yeah, there was a, that wasn't not that was not uh, exaggerated. They, those teams were a little bit upset with each other, and Kansas, understandably so, losing that game big time. You're not sure it was said in jest or well, not. Well, I don't know if he was kidding when he was saying, well, whatever Shaka Smart said, you know, he was he was exaggerating. He didn't tell the whole story, basically. I think he was really upset, I don't, though. I don't think that he's kidding and, and, and laughing it up at the press conference with a, conference, uh, with a, a comment like that. All right, uh, you already talked about it. We'll mention it again. The Rainbow Wahine totally robbed in postseason recognition. Uh, that just, I, I'm beside myself. When you have, like you said, 10 weeks of Big West play, and the Big West setter of the week, eight times out of those ten times is Kate Lang, and you put her on the second team. That makes Amber Igedi with look at just look at the stats, just look at the numbers. How can she not be the player of the year? You can say all you want. Well, usually the first place team will get that. Well, you know what? The whole thing is rubbish. The whole thing is rubbish. Don't even put out an all-tournament team if it's going to be based on a, a whole team's wins and loss records. Don't put out a tournament team for individuals. If the best setter, one of the best setters in the entire country is on the second team in a one-big league in the Big West, 
Give me a break. Ah, rubbish. Okay, well, one it's not the tournament. It's the all uh, Big West team for the regular season. There'll be an all-tournament team coming up this weekend. But, of course, I agree. Now, when Ryan Clay Suji was on with us last hour, he pointed out, and I know what you're saying about the record, and I agree with that as well. You know, when you have Santa Barbara and they have the player of the year, when their record, understandable that they might have a player recognized like that. But, like, we know about Amber Igedi. I mean, it's yeah. hard not to have her there. I was a little surprised. Kate Lang is not the setter of the year, but the Long Beach State setter is, and they – they, they they tied with us. So that was, you know, a little, even more surprising. The ultimate goal is to win the Big West, go to the NCAA, but these players okay. did get kind of robbed. All right, so uh, whatever you and Ryan Calais Suji say, I don't care. You don't care? This is, an, this is an individual, this is individual recognition. Why come out with a list of individually uh, recognized players when it doesn't matter how you do it individually, it's how your team did. That's why the whole thing is, Ah, rubbish. Let's move on. we got Rainbow Warrior football tickets to give away in about 25 minutes. Mark Veneri joins us in 15. Let's go back to Rainbow Warrior basketball. Of course, we got football coming up in a couple of days. But um, pretty good performance uh, last night by, uh, you know, there's the the usual suspects for Hawaii, but I thought more sec was a beast. I thought he played more than 17 minutes, but more sec was one of the reasons that uh, Northern Arizona kind of went cold towards the end of that game. He was just, um, what do you say? What do you say, Gary, when you say uh, somebody's uh, affecting shots on the defensive side? He did. Great job by Morsek. He, he only, just gets better and better every time he plays. He only had one rebound. That was surprising. I had to do a double take on that. But the block shot in the second half was great. And the fact that he knocked the Northern Arizona player, I believe it was number three, Jaden Jackson, to the ground, had some nasty in him on that block as well. Had a lot of aggressiveness on the dunk a couple of plays earlier at the other end. Uh, again, he's coming, I don't want to say he's coming out of his shell, but the raw talent that we saw last year, he's starting to develop an actual game now too on both ends. And that was great to see last night. Yeah, uh, Justin McCoy continues to, you know, he just did, it's, he it, it almost had 33 minutes. It was a quiet 33 minutes, but uh, Justin McCoy, you know, he's, he, can, he can pop a three. He can uh, drive to the basket. He's good on the defensive end. I think he had a block. Did he have a block? Yeah, he had one block that was pretty cool. Uh, he didn't I mean, have Justin, a block. What? He did not have a block shot. Uh, it says block attempt. Okay, anyway, Gary. Block against. Yeah. Okay, Gary. What I'm getting at is Justin McCoy is the kind of guy that um, he's your he's your five tool player and probably the only one uh, for uh, the University of Hawaii. Well, I take that back. Um, uh, Jovan McClanahan, of course, is Jovan McClanahan. But um, you know those watching those watching and even Matthew Cotton. See, we haven't seen much from Matthew Cotton maybe in games so far you got a glimpse of it last game a little bit here but he must be like super super good in practice because that guy's everybody talks about how great a player he is and what a great contributor matthew cotton's going to be yeah, first two games, he was really quiet offensively. Found his three-point shot last night and hit two of those. He looked a little bit more aggressive, and he looked aggressive against Niagara in that first half, those two baseline drives for layups, mm-hmm. uh, but didn't do anything else offensively. But, yeah, he was really steady, and he had some big shots when Northern Arizona was coming back 
couple of times. So it was good to see him have that kind of breakout performance is maybe one way of putting it. McCoy, though, I mean, he struggled on his three-pointers, did not hit one. Hawaii as a team really struggled on three-pointers as well. Again, Northern Arizona actually yeah. outshot Hawaii in this game, and they are not a very good shooting team. So I, I know that's something Iran Ganat's going to look at and say, we've got to shoot a little bit better. A couple of guys really struggled. But again, facing adversity when Northern Arizona came back, I'm glad Hawaii got through that and came out with the win once again. It would have been a different game for Northern Arizona if they could hit a free throw. <laughs> they were they were uh, they were bad on free throws. Fifty percent last night, and they're only fifty seven percent of the season after five games, so it dropped a little bit. That's inexcusable. I don't know how a team can shoot that poorly from the free throw line. Yeah, but they did. Thankfully, yeah. so. Uh, Oakland Fort was the uh, he was the Jovan McClanahan sized guy uh, for Northern Arizona. A lot of respect for that guy, Liam Lloyd. What was that guy's name for Fresno State that was uh, he later fell into drugs? And Chris he, Heron. Chris Heron. He would uh, flip off the Hawaii fans or give them a shaka or whatever he did. Uh, Liam Lloyd seemed to me to be close to uh, Chris Heron type of player. They got that technical on the bench. I don't know what he said to the refs. But, he, you know, he, it was on the assistant coach for that technical. Right. But the guy who took it personally was Liam Lloyd. He was he was saying something to the refs right after the whistle blew. Uh, he had a little bit of attitude. Those guys are fun to watch. Well, I think he was pretty upset early on. He picked up a second foul like three minutes into the game. Right. And had to sit out almost the rest of the first half. So, and, you know, he was their leading scorer coming into this game. 11.7 points, good rebounder and everything. So he was kind of taken out of the game early. They weren't happy, I'm, I'm sure, with the officiating. That was basically about, I know somebody texted in, they were telling the coaches to stay back in their box there. You can't cross that line. And one of the coaches was saying, I think it was the head coach at first and then the assistant, well, Iran's over the line on his side. And they were upset with something the ref said. And then when the assistant coach came back at that, they were trying to keep him calm down he said the magic word as he rushed off the bench and crossed that line as well and that got him the tee right on the um uh but lloyd was uh reacting uh, uh with the coach he was you know he was getting up standing up for his coach i guess but um that was a you know what watching the beginning of that game i was like oh gosh this is gonna be a blowout and then after a while you're going hey this team they they you know what? They fixed some things. They made whatever adjustments Northern Arizona needed to do. And they came back, and they tried to punch Hawaii in the mouth. But Hawaii punched them back. Now, I would like to see um, uh, Bernardo Da Silva get a little tougher. There's like a couple of times where he's getting the ball just yanked out of his hands down low. Uh, and I don't remember. There was a couple of other incidents where you just go like, Dude, toughen up down there. Come on. He was in foul trouble, though. I think that took him out of the game as on well. On offense is what fouls. I'm talking about. I'm, what I'm talking about is on offense. Um, he, it was di It's a difference watching uh, Bernardo Da Silva under the basket and Morissette under the basket already. Uh, maybe last in night. In my opinion, I, Gary. Okay, okay, okay. Look at so testy I'm just, I'm, You know, I'm really into the game. Uh, Harry Ruliadef didn't get much uh, playing time. He was hurt. Uh, Oh, he was. Huh? Yeah, but at, what, at what half I don't. It was a leg injury at halftime. They took him into the tunnel, and he was just running back and forth, jogging back and forth, testing his leg. I didn't ask what the problem was, but he was jogging back and forth. And even during the second half, they took him back to the tunnel again. It was something with uh, one of his legs. Okay. <laughs> the uh, so what does Hawaii got next? They go on the road. 
Yeah. And what's that? The Azure. What is the uh, tournament called? AccuSure. What is it? Yeah, I think that's it. AccuSure tournament in Palm Springs. It's the Accusor. first one. It's the first one. And they will play Friday at 3 p.m. And that will be against UTRG, whatever, University of Texas, Rio Grande Valley, RTV. Never University heard of, of iChart. University yeah, of yeah, iChart. Yeah, that's what it looks like. So they'll play them Friday at 3 o'clock in the, uh, the first game. The winners and losers will play each other on Saturday. And I know San Diego is one of those teams, and i got to find the other team that will be in the tournament. But Friday, definitely at 3. Saturday will be either a 3 or 5.30 p.m. start. And then when they come back, there's three Sunday games in a row, the 3rd, the 10th, and the 17th. So there will be a nice uh, Sunday, uh, uh, not quite a matinee, uh, but in the afternoon. So the Rainbow Warriors looking good. Now, when you I look at these uh, box scores, I think as fans you want to kind of see who really stood out, like who got a 20-point game, right? When you're looking at the box scores for the Rainbow Wahine Volleyball, hey, did IGD get 20 kills? How did Kalen Alexander do? And you look at um, Hawaii offensively, and we just kind of naturally as just fans go, oh, wow, our leading score had 13 points. McCoy had 11 cotton had 10 well hawaii is still playing oh like nine guys uh in these uh um non-conference games so it's this is a great opportunity for guys like tom Beatty and you know harry arulia def when he did go in you're you're not going to see as much of these guys even akira jacobs he didn't play that much but he came he had meaningful minutes he came in with 10 minutes left in the can't remember it was the first or second half but when he came in, you know, played a little bit and kind of showed that he, you know, wasn't up to speed and went back on the bench. But you're seeing a lot of guys get a lot of minutes. And this is going to be really, I guess this is kind of almost cliche-ish, but it's going to pay off down the road. Well, a couple of things. One, they, before they return home for those three Sundays, they'll also have Utah on the road on Thursday, November okay. 30th. That'll be another cool. game. Uh, as uh, Kira Jacobs played more so last night because Cody Williams was out. He had a groin injury. He was not in uniform. Not sure how long he'll be out. So you saw guys like Jacobs. We kind of anticipate he would get maybe more time, maybe Beatty as well. And then um, also Juan Munoz came in a little bit early. I mean, he had 12 and a half minutes. He's actually played more than that. Uh, did not shoot well in the first half. Had a really good shooting second half. Um, well, also, I think they needed the offense towards, you know, in the end of the game when when FAU came back. I guess they needed guys who were going to drive to the basket more or something. Is that why maybe no. uh, Juan Munoz was out? No, he's not a drive-to-the-basket guy. It's a spot-up shooter. That's why shooter, I said why he's, no, why he's out. Why you put Noel Coleman and, and um, Clutch McClanahan back in. Well, because you want you have, you saw Northern Arizona, NAU, coming back in that game a little bit, so you put your starters back in. and those, Right, that's what they did. Yeah, so I mean, because yeah. the game got a little too close. I mean, no, I mean, yeah. you look at the nine-point margin of victory. In a way, it seemed like it was that close, but in most ways, it didn't. It shouldn't have been that close. First of all, I thought Hawaii was a much better team, but just couldn't connect enough with their shooting. Thirty-five uh, percent in the first half. Uh, I mean, it should be forty-two in the first half, but second half, really a poor shooting night, and three pointers were not falling. But I think that's the normal rotation. You're going to see nine guys play with this team because look at the bench players. More sex definitely going to get playing time off the bench. Right. Really, that's part of the rotation. And then you got Munoz and Beatty. So those guys are going to be part of the nine-man rotation. I don't know if that will get shortened much. The guys like Cody Williams and Akira Jacobs and others, Ryan Rapp, I don't know if they're going to be part of the rotation when it shortens in league play. Right. Right. The um, One of the turning points, I think, is the, in the game was the technical foul that we talked about. 
because after that, Hawaii started going on a big run. I think we got two quick three-pointers right away. I'm just going off of memory. But that's kind of when Hawaii went on this run, and Hawaii all of a sudden started to kind of get a little bit of momentum and start to really kind of toughen up. They got a little bit of a wake-up call again. I don't think they expected Northern Arizona to come back on them. They had that ni- Northern Arizona had that 9-0 run in the first half. Again, down by 8, 9, 10 points early. Next thing you know, they're up by 4, 25-21. Hawaii took the lead at half with Jovan McClanahan's buzzer beater before halftime. Oh, yeah. But yeah. again, he's done that. I mean, how many times in his career has he done that? SMU last Christmas, but I know he's done it at least two or three more times uh, this sure. last season as well. So he's that kind Hence- of a player. Hence the name Clutch McClanahan. Yes, right? yes. He, and he, is, he is totally clutch. I think that was important to give them that six-point lead at halftime as opposed to three when Northern Arizona came back on them. I thought defensively Hawaii was overall okay. For a team that's not a very good rebounding team, they only averaged 30 rebounds a game, and they've been, they've been out-rebounded by about 12 a game. They only lost the rebounding totals by one. And that's got to be a little trouble. They had 10 offensive rebounds. They've only got one big, uh, the 6'10 center. Uh, other than that, they didn't really have a lot of size for them. So I was a little surprised. That You're the numbers talking about were Northern close. Arizona? Yeah, Carson Basham. Okay. He's their 6'10 guy. Other than that, they didn't have anybody over 6'6", really. Well, I believe Basham got in some foul trouble, too, earlier in the game. I think he had three fouls by halftime. Yeah, he ended up with four. So he was in foul trouble early, too. You're right about him. But I, I thought Hawaii should have been had a bigger advantage on the boards with the rebounding you know totals. What? It was weird. It was kind of a weird night because it's like we got a lot of hands on the ball, but there's so many, you know, uh, it's your hand tips tipped away. It's like they got their hands on it, but they couldn't reel in some of those. uh, um, The ball was very bouncy looking, in other words, for whatever reason uh, last night. It's like it got in the hands, but it just didn't stick. You know, a game like this, though, early on is good, I believe, for the University of Hawaii to they didn't really say face adversity, but they faced somebody other than Hilo or Niagara who says, hey, you know what? We're coming out here to win this game. I mean, we're coming out here. We're going to play tough. We're going to play physical. And if you want to beat us, you got to out-physical us. And I think that was really good for Hawaii because Hawaii answered the call. They did. I thought Niagara was a better team, but both Niagara and Northern Arizona are kind of picked near the bottom of their conferences. And the big sky for Northern Arizona, for Niagara, they're on the MAC, M-A-A-C. And, you know, their, their computer rankings are still early, but they're 2-3. and three. They lost by 34 points to Grand Canyon. I mean, it's one thing to lose to UConn by 40 points the defending champ. When you lose to Grand Canyon that way, that shows that they didn't have a very big team. Again, you look at their numbers coming in, they were like 14-point underdogs. And I I thought it would be that kind of a decisive victory for Hawaii. So give Northern Arizona credit and give Hawaii credit for coming back and not letting a team come back and have success in the second half, which might not have been the case last year. That's one of the differences I've noticed with basketball this year for UH. Definitely that was the best team we played this year, Northern Arizona, so far. We'll see what uh, we do. Uh, going on the road it's 19 minutes after the hour in about oh about 10 15 minutes we're going to give away rainbow warrior football tickets mark venary joins us next to get us ready for saturday's uh senior night at the clarence tc ching athletic complex want to let you know before we get a traffic update here that you can win a thousand dollars cash and a hundred dollars weekly in prizes in our pigskin picks it's brought to you by m dyer global and young's fish market Register and play right now. There's still time. ESPNHonolulu.com.
got a big football game with all the basketball and volleyball. Can't forget about Hawaii going up against Colorado State this Saturday. It is senior night. Joining us now on ESPN Honolulu. He's the analyst, of course, for UH football on ESPN Honolulu. Mark Veneri is with us. Mark, good to talk to you again. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? It's a lot of good football this weekend. State championship football, University of Hawaii football. Uh, it's, it's football all around. <laughs> and hopefully Hawaii can end their season with a win. Uh, before we talk about Colorado State, just one quick look back to last week. And what was your overall takeaway in that Wyoming game, which seemed to get away from Hawaii rather early? Oh, man, it, it just it just felt like, you know, for for every, I guess, the, the famous line of you take two, um, you take one step forward, two giant steps back. And, and I think... Um, you know, I you know I don't ever want to use the word altitude or you know, the, you know the team feeling that I I know I, I'm not a man of using excuses or whatnot because Nevada's at altitude as well as well, but it just looked like unfortunately we came out flat and you know you come out flat and in four plays you give up two touchdowns and 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 just like that it's it's you're down fourteen zero and you know overall for me it just. It just kind of at that moment with the momentum going, it just brought you know everything back to reality that we're still a program that's under construction and 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 you know it, it just that one stung a little bit more than the others, I guess you could say. You know, I guess especially after the Air Force, when everybody's so high and happy about that, two wins in a row. So I think that was maybe a little bit more troubling for Saturday last week. But let's talk about Saturday this week. What do you think the mindset should be with this team? Obviously, you want to come out and win every single game you play. But what else is at stake or what they can look forward to with this game against Colorado State? You know, I think the improvement, you know, a, a lot. You know, I, I continually say improvement. And, you know, I, I actually camped out, camped out on tweets this morning. Normally, I don't. Normally, I don't read the kind of like I guess you could the backroom chatter noise, and I just saw some of the things that were you know, said. You know, it's it's not that much of a step forward. Blah blah blah. I, I hear it all, right? But if you look mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you go five and eight. Um, you're a projected team to win three wins this year. You go five and eight. It's a step in a positive direction. You have the momentum heading into uh, next season. The transfer portal opens up in two weeks. You have. Signees coming through. You have Michael Alejado and Rice coming in uh, this weekend to check out uh, the atmosphere and you know see what you know Hawaii football is all about. Two big recruits for Hawaii. You know, ending on a good note and ending on a positive is is actually quite important. Uh, you go four and nine versus five and eight. It sounds a lot better. You know, if you go five and eight than four and nine. So, just in terms of that momentum moving forward and, and heading into an off season, that's probably the most critical offseason for Timmy Chang uh, in terms of getting the recruits he needs and getting the players that he needs moving forward. What are your thoughts Mark on this? With the animals. Mark Venaries with the animals here on ESPN Honolulu. We're going to give away some uh, tickets to senior night in just a few minutes. Keep listening. Mark, your thoughts overall on this senior class, not only how they have performed on the field, but with considering everything they've had to go through. Uh, COVID, everything, everybody around the country had to go through that, but not everybody had to go through the coaching turmoil that Hawaii had. Well, I mean, some of them have gone through three regimes. You know, you got Nick Rolovich, you got um, Todd Graham, and now Coach Tibby Chang. And um, if there's one thing that, and this is probably, you know, relevant or make you know, how any way can take it, it's, it's I think the senior class, you know, in particular, like a guy like Isaiah Tufanga uh, and some of the other gentlemen, it teaches you adversity, right, how to deal with adversity. You know, athletics is such a platform that teaches kids to understand that there's so much more 
outside of, you know, sports, but also sports is the platform to point you in the right direction, discipline, um, humility, you know, taking your losses, taking your wins, um, you know, there's so many different things that it, it can teach you. And, and, and I think a lot of these seniors have dealt with so much with COVID, um, you know, dealing with the new coaching changes, dealing with uh, the circumstances of, you know, not having, uh, you know, a lot of stadium to play in and having T.C. Ching. Um, it makes you appreciate the finer things in life. It makes you appreciate, you know, the game itself, football, right? You go out there, you play the game, um, can't get those moments back, right? So um, I think the senior class, and, 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 and I think they've set a good foundation. I think more importantly, I think talking to some of the guys, um, they want this win bad. They want this win really bad. If somebody were to ask you a month from now, whether it's Hawaii's five and eight, hopefully, or four and nine, and they ask you to describe the season, how would you describe it to them? Sorry, what was that? I lost. As far as looking at Hawaii's overall season this year, when you talk to somebody a month from now, everything's kind of done and you know over with. How would you define or describe the season to others? Oh uh, man, well, let's just say you're asking me in the, in, the, in the hypothetical. I would say. I think there would be some what ifs on the schedule, but I'd say you know a lot of people would probably say right about right about where we are, um, but a step in the right direction, especially especially you get that W against Colorado State. Um, there's a lot to look forward to in the off season. You look at some of the games. If you were to reflect back, right, you look at that Vanderbilt game where we opened up the season where you know you're 17 and a half point underdogs and you go up there and you almost win that football game. San Diego State got away. Um, you know, I'd say against New Mexico is a game that we should have won. Look, New Mexico State just beat Auburn playing for a Conference USA championship. So there's also some positives in there. Beating the Air Force Academy. I mean, how many times have we beat the Air Force Academy? Not much. So if you look at it from a standpoint, the overall picture of it, you know, I think if you tally in this win, you get this win against Colorado State, there's optimism. You know, there's optimism about Braden Trigger and how he's going to be able to, you know, move this offense moving forward. Uh, Pofele Ashlock, uh, you, you look at the young receiving core that the University of Hawaii has, uh, you look at some of the recruits uh, that are coming in, it, it, there's there's optimism uh, within the program with a not heavy loaded senior class. So um, with that, you know, there becomes the optimism and, you know, moving forward as Hawaii, um, are they able to turn the page? And then not to mention, where the monkey in the room is this. Washington State, Oregon State, Merging with the with the uh, with the big uh, Mountain West, if that happens, there's some things that you know if that's still on the table, which there's been talks about that. If that becomes on the table, you know there's a lot of stuff that could go in the positive direction of the University of Hawaii. The off season will start in a couple of days. What are the priorities as far as signing players for next year? What positions, especially? Uh, I think offense. I think offensive line would be the priority. You leave, you, you lose your senior captain in Aliki Tanuvasa, who's um, obviously, who commands uh, up front with the playing center for the University of Hawaii. But offensive line is a priority for me. I think reloading the stable, uh, the stables or the, the receivers, so to say, uh, will be good. The back end and the secondary, I, Cam Stone, Verdell Edwards, um, I, I think that back end and the secondary, uh, looking for, I know I like when Coach um, Chris Brown says this, but I'm looking for some more Lions in the Lions then for the linebacking core. Um, so, um I think that looking at that, I think that's kind of where the priority lies for the University of Hawaii. Do you think it's wiser to go the JC route, incoming freshman, or maybe a combination of both? 
I think I think for you know the University of Hawaii, I think they got to look at um, a combination of both. Uh, I think the JC route gives you the opportunity for players players to play right away, um, and then I think it allows you to get guys in right now who can get a quality contribution right off the bat. Now, um, if you're looking to develop players, obviously with some of the freshman class, you're looking for guys who can also play right away. I think that's the key: guys who can contribute immediately. When you're recruiting, I'm not looking for the gray shirt, red shirt guys. I'm looking for the guys who can compete right off the bat. And that's why I was saying earlier, you know, the transfer portal, once it becomes open, Gary, um, I, I think that's another thing, too, as well, that if you uh, go the transfer portal route, um, that's something to look out as well. Right on. Hey, Mark, thank you very much for all the insight. Uh, we'll see you this weekend. Go Bows. Thanks, man. Thanks, Happy Mark. Thanksgiving. Hey, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Go Bows. All right, there's uh, Mark Veneri, our analyst for Rainbow Warrior football, back in the saddle again uh, this weekend for senior night against Colorado State. And if you'd like tickets, then call in right now. Be caller 5, and they're all yours from ESPN Honolulu. And uh, while you're dialing in, I want to remind you, you can catch the game or NFL football, college football. You see it all on the uh, new video wall at 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar right there at Leeward Bowl and Pearl City Shopping Center. Opened up early on Sundays for the NFL. Monday and Thursday night football, they got a great menu, too. Check it out. The place for UH College and NFL football, 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar. Happy Kahala Wednesday. Happy Aloha Wednesday. It's a great day, kind of a Friday-feeling day. Great day to wear your Kahala Aloha wear. It's Chris Hart and Gary Dickman, the sports animals on ESPN Honolulu. And congratulations to Justin in McCulley, who's got tickets on us to see Hawaii take on Colorado State senior night at the Clarence T.C. Ching Athletic Complex on Saturday. Going back to some of the conversation uh, with Mark Venary a few minutes ago, and he mentioned that offensive and defensive line is the, you know, he said offensive line is what they really need. Um, you know, I'd have to say defensive line is just as important. On senior day, we're going to be celebrating a lot of defensive linemen like Andrew Choi, uh, Tui Tupo, and some of these other guys who are not going to be here anymore. Now, is this the best defensive line the University of Hawaii has ever had? No, of course not. We see that. But um, they're going to have to refill or, you know, the next guys on the bench got to step it up because we're going to be short of defensive linemen too. When you ask the question, uh, um, you know, do you go transfer portal or with freshmen? Everybody says, yeah, a mixture of both. I, I think it depends. I think it depends on the position you're looking for. And it depends what happens to you in the transfer portal. So, um, in other words, it's I don't want to say it's a make it or break it year for Coach Timmy, but I think that we're looking for decided a decidedly improved uh, win-loss record next year. I really think Hawaii is going to beat because I've seen how good Hawaii can be and how bad Hawaii can be. I, I see Hawaii winning this game against Colorado State. That'll bring you to five wins, and which is an improvement over three wins. But if you take a step back or have five more wins next year, people aren't going to be happy. So I, um, I think that depending on what position but i think you got to go if you can 
JC or transfer portal heavy. You yeah. have to. There's too many needs. Yeah, I I, mean, I agree on the JC part. I think the reason, for me at least, for the offensive line being more of a need than the D-line, which is a need, a priority, of course, is that the offensive line struggled more than any other unit this year. I mean, well, look just at the how the put... defensive line did against the run, except the Air Force. But then they let up 201 yards to Air Force, but that was 83 below their average. But the offensive line never, not never, often, too often, never gave Braden Shager enough time. They didn't do a good enough job run blocking for the running game to really become a right. factor. And I, I mean, I, I feel bad. I know these guys play hard and they have no quit in them, but they were outmatched too often this year. And the D line didn't do much better. But I think those are obviously the two areas of concern, of priority for the offseason. And hopefully they can get a mixture for both and, up, you know, make it a better unit on both sides of the ball next year because that has to be addressed. Well, yeah, be. I mean, that's how you build a winning football program. You build it from the line out. You don't do the Jerry Jones fantasy football thing. And, you know, I mean, it's nothing that the coaching staff doesn't know. And, it, you know, they've got – it's nothing the coaching staff doesn't understand. It's just tough to, like, okay, we have these needs, but a lot of people have needs. What are the advantages of coming to the University of Hawaii? And then you go back to facilities. People aren't coming to hang out at the beach like they did back in 1972, right? Right. Back in 1970 when Taylor Swift's dad was playing for the University of Hawaii, true fact. Uh, You know, it's like, hey, look at the beach. Look, canoes, sailboat rides. You know what? As an athlete, as a student athlete now, you spend so much time uh, in the weight room, in your classroom, going to practice, watching film. What are the facilities like that you're going to live in? That's what people are. That's what's important to kids. And of course, NIL money. Right. Uh, You know, got to have enough money to get as many tattoos as you can and really cool Apple watches and things (laughs) like that. Right. I mean, that's the priority of an 18-year-old, an 18 to 20-year-old. I get it. So what has Hawaii got to show for it? I was uh, watching part of the uh, basketball game last night on television, and Andy Katz had a comment about Hawaii's basketball practice gym. And he said, it's a really nice gym. And I thought, oh, that was nice of him to say uh, on uh, television, kind of uh, complimenting Hawaii's uh, um, you know, facilities. I don't have a problem with anything about Hawaii's basketball facilities and volleyball facilities except for that the elevator doesn't work and hasn't worked for a while and the escalators are you know sometimes problematic but when it comes to football there's so much of what he needs to improve on you can't do that overnight that's why it makes it tough you're going transfer portal or you're going a jc route if these guys are good they've got options so what makes them choose hawaii and i think what sets us apart honestly is the brotherhood i think one thing and it's one thing i think it's got to be a war uh, something that the coaches worry about is when you're recruiting players to come here next year and the mountain west schools let's say you're recruiting some of the same players you know they're going to use the lack of a real stadium against hawaii do you want to play in front of seven eight thousand fans or do you want to play here when we've got 15 20 000, whatever it is depending <laughs> on the school that's, that's what they better. call negative Actually, recruiting that's not much better well but it's but double what we have here and i right. think other schools are probably going to use that as far as negative recruiting hopefully that won't be a main factor for a player not choosing here but i wouldn't be surprised if it does yeah i think that one thing hawaii has is i uh, and you hear this from people 
And you hear a lot of times when student athletes make their decision of where they're going to go, uh, they just really connect with the coaches. So if they can continue to do that on the Timmy Chang level, it's really good. Last night we had a radio show called The Student Section, and we were sitting uh, down with uh, Maya Leah Bethea. And, um, well, we didn't really ask her about recruiting, I think. It was more of like um, we were sitting down with the Kamehameha State champs, Adriana Arquette and Emma Lilo. Now, Adriana Arquette is a volleyball player who's committed to go to the University of Hawaii. Lilo's going to Oregon State. And both of them had the same reason for choosing the college. And it was, Emma said she just, you know, really connected with the new coaching staff at Oregon State, and that made her, you know, that she decided she wanted to go to Oregon State. It wasn't getting off the island or anything like that. It was a connection with the coaches. Same for Adriana. She's super excited to play for uh, the Rainbow Wahine. And I think if if somehow you can be, because that's all you got if you're Timmy Chang, right? Yeah. What else you got? It's like are we probably somebody, you know, next time his. Somebody goes to Sam's Club. Can you pick up a case of soap for the locker room? We'll just put it in there ourselves. I'm not saying that's a problem this year, but that's the kind of stuff that we face at the University of Hawaii. So, um, you know, if you can be, if he can continue to be that guy that, or maybe it's Chris Brown or whoever, be that guy connects with these guys on a different level. That's all we can hope for. That's all we can hope for is coach's personality. But think of that with Chris Brown as one example. With what he has at Bishop Gorman or had at Bishop Gorman and the pipeline hopefully he's developing and continuing here, like a Mike Alejado, the quarterback, and others. And they loved him there. He talked about how emotional it was when he left. I, From what we hear and see, the players have kind of gravitated towards some of these coaches. Chris Brown is one example. Right. Of course, Timmy Chang, another. Yeah, and and in the past, but you got to step it up. We've got to step up recruiting. Timmy Chang, remember now, he hasn't had his whole class yet. Right. You know, you got to give him a, a, a few years of recruiting. So far, at least on paper, it looks pretty good. By the way, congratulations to Alejado and uh, Devin Rice, the receiver. Uh, Bishop Gorman won their state championship in Las Vegas. Congratulations to them. Um, so, anyway, um, it's an uphill climb, but you know what? And we can moan and complain and that's kind of what we do in sports talk radio, but there's a lot of positives coming up. We got one more football game, a good chance to beat Colorado State for senior night and send out those 15 or 16 seniors on a happy, happy note. So get your tickets now. It's 8:46. Coming up, uh, what you need to know before you head on over to the uh, Clarence T.C. Ching Complex this weekend. That's coming up and more as we wrap it up here with the sports animals on espn honolulu hey you know what uh i almost forgot tonight we got the timmy chang show at ruby tuesday moanalua john veneri mark veneri coach timmy and they'll have a, a special guest coach or player like they always do you can join us in person from six to seven and have a wonderful dinner or you can check out uh check it out on the radio or espn honolulu social media will be covering it and you can watch the entire encore performance the next day on KHI TV, channel 1005. We'll be right back to wrap it up here on ESPN Honolulu.
It's uh, just before 9 o'clock, and uh, before we go, I want to tell you about something special going on. Jordan Luckyow is the operations manager for Midas Hawaii, and uh, they're very involved with the United States Marine Corps and Toys for Tots. Good morning, Jordan. How are you? Good morning. How, about, how are you guys doing today? Doing great. Thank you for coming on. So uh, part of the Midas family is the Midas Gold Touch Car Wash, the best car wash you've ever seen in your life in Waipahu. And uh, what is going on? Uh, well, this Sunday, uh, first Sunday after uh, Thanksgiving, we're going to be having our annual Gold uh, Toys for Tots drive at our Gold Tots Car Wash in Waipahu. We're very excited that this is going to be um our third time around the the sun with this and we can't wait to have this happening all right you've been doing this for three years how's it been going obviously successful in the past you've uh you're you're doing it again huh yeah yeah we uh we want to continue to grow this uh being uh our, this is our third year the first year that we did it when the, the year when we uh open our car wash and uh you know with Myers in general we always want to give back to the community, and with our car wash opening three years ago, it's been just an, an added uh, thing for the community that we can do for. Wow, it's been three years already since that I, that uh, the car wash opened right there in Waipahu. Yeah. So when mm-hmm. you're bringing when you're bringing the toy, is I can't remember unwrapped toy, right? Not you don't wrap it. No unwrapped. So toys for tots, they do require to have the toys unwrapped and new. Um, so yeah, nothing uh, can't be used, can't be wrapped up. It's, it's brand new. Now I don't want to put you on the spot, but what are uh, maybe uh, what are what are what are what are, what are kind of some of the uh, you know recommended type toys for older kids, younger kids, uh, cabbage patch dolls? Who knows? I mean, what what, what kind of stuff do people usually bring? Uh, a wide range. I mean, we have from anywhere to like athletic, you know, basketball and football. You can't beat those kind of things like that. I mean, everybody loves those stuff. Um, but you know, you got the Hot Wheels, you got the Barbies. You know, especially Barbies is a popular thing this year with the movie that came out. Oh, that's right. Uh, but you know, it's for the girls. But you can't beat the sports, man. You gotta have the football, <laughs> basketball, soccer. I mean. We're on we're on ESPN right now, man. You got to push that through. <laughs> amen, amen. All right, so this is going on. Uh, let's see, coming up November twenty. What day is November twenty sixth? Saturday, I said, right? Uh, Sunday. Today's Sunday. All right, Sunday from noon to four. And if people drop off a toy, you got a little something, something for them. Yeah, to uh, to thank you, um, we're gonna give uh, five dollars off any of our, our single washes. Um, and as well, if not, they want to sign up for a limited car wash membership. We'll give them ten dollars off their first membership. How does uh, that car wash? How does that car wash membership work? Kind of sidebar here. Uh, the way it works is you uh, by paying a, a small fee between thirty to forty bucks a month, depending which package you 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 purchase. You can wash your vehicle as much time as you want. Uh, during that month, you can watch it. You know, in the morning, I get a sip of coffee after work. You can come by again; doesn't matter. Um, wow. But you know, after two watches, you're already paying for the membership. So you know, we have somebody that comes in every day, Monday through Friday, at the same time. We know when he's coming. So you know, we have those customers that comes in at a given time. I mean, you, when you go to work, you park underneath you park underneath a tree. You come out, you know, you see things <laughs> that you don't want to. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am feeling you, dog, on that one. Jordan Lakiao is the operations manager 
uh, at Midas Hawaii. We're talking about the big Toys for Tots drive coming up Sunday at the Midas Gold Touch Car Wash between noon and 4. Donate a toy, get $5 off, and uh, just stop by in Waipahu and uh, see the gang there. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you, Midas, for all you do for our community. No problem. Thank you guys for taking the time for having us on. Have a great Thanksgiving. We'll catch you next time around the sun, as he says. That's a pretty good deal, huh? Yeah, very good. Love it. Yeah, it's a and the, yeah, it's, I like that car membership because yeah, you park your car under a tree. Hey, we're going to Walmart. You come out, you're like, oh, I knew I shouldn't have parked there. We've all but had the that shade, happen. The shade was so enticing. But then you get the you know that's your that's uh, you get what you, you pay for. Pick you your poison. For, you pay me, yeah, pick your poison. A hot car or that. All right, uh, coming up for uh, uh, Hawaiian, it's the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. That's not that's our next big event coming up. By the way, tickets are on sale for the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic with Hawaii and Georgia Tech and Temple and UMass and others. But uh, coming up this Saturday, it's Senior Night. Let's send off our seniors in a uh, in in fine fashion. It's Show Your Aloha Senior Night. So all fans are encouraged to wear Kahala Aloha attire. It doesn't say that. It says, uh, you know, your favorite Aloha attire. Uh, and if you have a Kahala shirt, that's probably your favorite Aloha attire. But uh, it's kind of Aloha night. Please, please, please don't wear fake plastic lays on Aloha night. We're better than that, Hawaii. Maybe the Colorado State fans will do that. I'm hoping we get a crowd similar in size to what we had for Air Force because that atmosphere that night was really good. Now, what were there, 10,000, 11,000 fans there, whatever the actual number was. I think it was 10.5 or so. But it was a difference from what we've seen in some of the games previously. And it was a good atmosphere. And the crowd was making it that way. They have a lot of noise, a lot of passion. And a, a win or a lead in a game will help do that. Hopefully Hawaii will get an early lead, yeah. which they haven't done except for really Air Force, and maintain that. But I'm hoping the crowd will show up for these seniors. And I know we're going to miss football when it's gone. We won't have it back until late August. So hopefully everybody will show up on Saturday and enjoy I mean, an entertaining game, if nothing else. Uh, parking opens at 2 p.m. Parking's back! Hey! Hey! Uh, parking opens at 2 o'clock, gates open at 3 o'clock, and that's where uh, Hawaii's Finest presents the kickoff at the less. Uh, you are going to, wow, Kapena is going to be there. Ho, ho, that's, a, that's worth the price of admission right there. They'll have a live DJ, a Heineken beer garden, uh, stuff for kids to do and students, kind of a, a, a just a whole kind of carnival going on. If you haven't been at kickoff for the last 3 o'clock, Get in there and see Capena live in concert. I mean, Masese, Masese. That'll be a big draw in itself. So that should be a fun day. We've got Wahini basketball at 2.30 in the afternoon on Saturday as well. So kind of a basketball football doubleheader. And I, I know some people were wondering, how come you can't park for the basketball game? And I didn't hear this officially, but think about this. For what? football... The price of parking is about $25 we hear. So right. if you're going to the basketball game, you don't want to pay $25. And if they let people park for the basketball game or you say you're going to the game and pay 6 or 7 that's mm -hmm. probably a big part of the reason why you can't park for Wahine basketball because some people might get there real early to save the money, which I understand, but it's just a tough situation. I think that's the main reason why. Oh, well, yeah, I don't think parking has been $6 for quite a while, but – 
the uh, I guess that makes sense, but I, there's got to be a, a got to be a way to fix that. You know, we shouldn't be having so many problems with parking. Now, look, I get it. You got 27 athletic events in like five days at the University of Hawaii, whatever it is. So you know, parking's parking's going to be a mess. But this is a good lesson and something I think that they can learn from. Is is what do we do in the future? I mean, how often are you going to have a state championship in football, the Maui Invitation, and all that going on? Probably never again. But if it's going to be crowded, what can we do in the future? Anyway, uh, topic for another time. Uh, don't forget, check out the All-State Maui Invitational in person or on CBS 1500. And have a great, great and happy Thanksgiving. It's on ESPN Honolulu. Got switched. All, all okay. four games today, yes. They switched it to ESPN Honolulu. We'll see you next time.